That's what she said. And the best way to start is to hit start. And up comes the toolbar. That's what she said. Why did you get it so big? A, that's what she said. I need two men on this. That's what she said. You already did me. That's what she said. Force it in as deep as you can. That's what she said. And you were directly under her the entire time. That's what she said. Excuse me. That's what she said. It's huge. That's what she said. <laughs> Dwight, get out of my nook. That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Okay. It's the That's What She Said podcast, episode six. Woohoo. I know. It's like we just keep making them. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself. Um, and my name's Lee Wood. I'm sitting here with Amber Forbes. Hi, Amber. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm pretty good. I haven't seen you actually in a while, so I feel like I can genuinely ask you. I haven't you. seen you since before the show. I know. So we need to talk about the show. First show of season three, Horrible Bosses 2. Lots of numbers I'm throwing at you. <laughs> um, but I was out of town. I was in Florida. You were driving into a hurricane. I drove toward a hurricane. I drove. Right. You could have been driving into a hurricane. It was very unpredictable. That's Yeah, it was day by day. But, yes. you know, it just ended up that I packed up everything that I love dearest in the world and drove toward the largest hurricane that's ever existed. I imagined existed. you like in the movie Twisters, <laughs> just yep. experiencing it. I was Laura Dern. No. Yeah. Holly Hunter? I don't know. Who's One in? of them. I feel like they're interchangeable. They're not. That's so mean. I love them both. but I do, too, but... I could, in, I could use either one in any situation. It's the other one, and we'll come up with her name later. Okay, so tell me about the first show. It was September 16th. It was at Sunrise Stage. Saturday night, September 16th. Yeah, please tell me. I'm, I'm dying to hear. We sold a ton of tickets. It was very full, very big. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt... Whew, exciting. Felt very exciting, but that room is like... You can... It's so intimate, because even though there's a lot of people there and it's very big, it feels like you're in a vacuum. Because they were very quiet, except when they were laughing. Right. And the crowd was so good. They were totally behind us. They came to laugh. Yes. Good. Um, Harrison was up first. Yes. He, he, they loved his story. It was a very um, homegrown story uh-huh. that and- we can get into relatable because i think that anybody that's worked in service industry or waiting tables can sort of i mean it's a wackadoo story it's not like you're running a run of the mill but and he prefaced it i'm gonna scare you i'm gonna make you almost you know trigger those stress nightmares yes yeah that's what i used to have yeah totally um and and so he got everybody kind of on the edge of their seats and their blood pressure up and then um Megan. Megan. Megan Megan Wedgworth was was next. Um, She, you know, they they have a kind of an opposite. You know, he's got a very high energy. Uh He moves around a lot. Megan is dry as a bone. Yes, she is. And people love her for it. Yes. And so she does. She had a a bunch of stories about working for the newspaper. And she was not impressed with working for the newspaper. Well, Yes. Because they were not impressive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then we took an intermission. and Wait, we, but we had a winner. We had like a winner of a right. contest. Yes. And uh, Sunshine announced um, that Alan Simmons had won. He sent me the most hysterical uh, 
well, I mean, I just checked the email for our website. It wasn't to Amber, but it was to our website. Well, you're the only one, so it is to you. <laughs> I'm the one that checks that email. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was it was a hysterical story um, about a prank that he pulled at work. It involved a pig liver that he got from a butcher friend. Yeah, some organ donation S- pranks. Yeah, an organ donation <laughs> prank, the funniest kind of prank. I know, exactly. <laughs> when life and death is on the line. Hilarious. Yeah, that's the funniest. So he killed it. He caught nice. right up on stage. He knew it. I brought the little music stand for him. Yeah. He didn't need it. We'll get to who did later. But um, <laughs> he did a great job. Then it was me. Uh-huh. I um I lost my place twice and I blame that room. It was so the sound was so good and the audience you can they can just eyeball you. They're so quiet. So that's my question, yeah. When you say it's so quiet, it's because they're being so quiet and then the room is so dead, like the acoustics are so good right. in the room that you can hear yourself literally your brain's literally like the squirrel in the wheel you're like wait a minute wait a minute where am i whoa okay that makes it a little scary it was it was kind of scary and and we you know we rehearsed there the night before we were thinking like get everybody prepped be in the room be in the space Mm -hmm. do the best job that we can but we had to have that first show to feel that because you're it's just the sound the sound there is like nothing you've ever experienced wow i think the audience really enjoyed it they laughed and laughed um, I had several people that I knew or some people on social media say, mm-hmm. I laughed until it hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and um, so I don't. I want to make sure I give props to Ben, who was the last story. Right. And, you know, I had some concerns about this story when we. <laughs> I can see why. I can see why. Yes. It was the um, it was the. It was one of the grosser stories. It's a potty story. It's a potty story. I mean, as both as moms, I think we could be like, it's a potty story. This belongs in the potty. It's a potty. We don't talk about it. Exactly. But it was so, it was so funny. And one of the things about Ben is that he brings such a, a strong writing skill yeah, and talent crazy. to such a juvenile <laughs> sense of humor sometimes he also can have a very elevated sense of humor but if he wants to just drop her on down oh yeah you know the juxtaposition in this was pretty brilliant like some of his um and i only know this because i sat through some rehearsals and this was one of those stories like you know we go through enough rehearsals i think i only went through two but that's enough that you know the stories well enough that oh yeah the things that are truly funny won't necessarily hit you as hard you know the second or the third or the fifth time you've heard them. Ben's story, like, just killed all of us. The whole, every yeah. time. I mean, keeled over laughing. And I think it's because, the yeah, his turns of phrase, the way that he describes <laughs> these, you know, bodily function things. It's and he just had some so gestures. Funny. <laughs> yes. That I didn't know if he'd be able to do it. And there were moments, just like the moments when I kind of lost my sp- place and had to regroup and oh my god everybody's looking at me and there were times i couldn't see him i was backstage i was with harrison and sunshine Uh because we have like a real green room now right like we're professionals so we're listening to him Uh and he we saw him take like snatch up that little music stand that i brought for alan and he was kind of like an act of defiance like i'm gonna take it right i you know but he's he put it on the other side of the stage we couldn't see this so i thought he had a story in front of him gotcha um 
But he didn't. He just had it over there like like Linus with his blanket, yeah, you know, he, just, he just, just wanted to see it. Just needed it. But he, so he tells the story, but, you know, there were a couple times where he said, and I think the audience believed him, I can't believe I'm telling this story in public. <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, good for you, Ben. Welcome to the club. Yeah. what i have to say yeah you're you're eight minutes in now ben you can't there's no backing out you can't back out now but they they loved it but when it was over there was a very palpable quiet and sunshine you know she reached out to me after the show and said i think i really screwed up the end of that show it felt weird but i heard from the audience that they were just worn out just exhausted they were exhausted wow that it wasn't her, it wasn't anything like that. They were just wore out. And Ben put the last nail in the coffin <laughs> with that story. Oh my gosh. I think I feel like that we sort of like like it was a um TKO, like it was a total knockout. Yeah. We just It was I, a good show. We, I say we, I had nothing to do with it. You but curated, you, guys, you helped. No. Yeah. Oh well, I listened and laughed and no, that's great. So that's amazing. That's fantastic. I think it went really well. I was really proud of it. So so excited about Sunrise Stage. It's just yeah. gonna be fantastic great the whole time. We're, before we get into the thing that we're gonna really talk about, then let's just briefly say that the next show is November tenth. Yes. Sunrise Stage. It's a Friday, not a Saturday. It's a Friday, yeah. It's the one outlier of the whole season. It's a Friday night. Because it's strippers. For some reason, I'm like, Friday night's a stripper's night. That's the stripper night. <laughs> so it's strippers. Going to be fun. It's, yeah. And they're, yeah, we've got two new readers. We're so excited about them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And because I told him I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. We have a new MC. Yes. You might know him. His name is Chris Selby. He's known. Some people by- know him in this town. Some people. Some people know him. Maybe you know him by the name Clunk. Or Chew. People call him Chew, too, which is funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start doing that. I think you should. Uh, Yeah, he runs this, the food delivery service, uh, you know, Clunk's Hungry uh, Express Wagon (laughs) is what it means. Good job, Lee. Yeah. You've plugged his business for him, too. I'm a Clunk fan. I'm a Clunk fan. Clunk's going to be there, though, and I'm really excited that he's going to be MC because we're sort of like making, that's what she said, the most Clunkified experience possible but it but we're not sacrificing on either end like he's going to bring his accoutrement that seems yes. to just come with him this like party light that happens and uh, i'm sure he's going to be wearing a crazy hat and i'm excited because uh there's going to be a music um you know curation part of this because music is huge you cannot have stripping. stripping without music. You cannot. Otherwise, that would be terrible. that's a seizure. Like something is not correct. <laughs> it would be like that video with Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Without the without music. Without the music. That oh, is a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then there's the money gun. I, I waited to tell you <laughs> I was about was waiting the, for you to say it. The money gun at the end, which is a literal gun that shoots money. Yes. So, okay. So these are very exciting things about November 10th. Strippers, the next show that's coming up. 
But what we're really here to talk about is what happened after one of the stories. During. During. Actually, yes, you're right. During. Okay. So I am in, uh, where am I? I'm in Mississippi. I was going to say Alabama. When this happened. Because I was coming back from Florida. And um, I start getting texts from my friend who's at the show. And by, I'm like heartbroken that I'm not at this show, by the way. We I'm, were too. I'm like doing the most boring tour of the Vicksburg National um, War Memorial. like Bucket list, definitely. <laughs> so important. Three-year-olds and five-year-olds really, really care. They they want to go to every statue. My kids ask every year, Can we when are we going to statue? Vicksburg? I just need to read the statues one more time. <laughs> So, all right, so this is what I'm doing instead of being at the show. And then I start getting texts from my friend who's in the audience who happens to be related to a couple that the, one of the stories is about. Okay, but we're not naming names, no. right? Uh, and it's not explicitly said, although it's one of those things where if you've lived in Fayetteville for a while, you know what's going on. You know what what is being talked about. So she's sending me, oh, my God, this is happening you know, my parents. It was her first show. It was her first show. And it was the first story. And it was the first story. So that's amazing. <laughs> Ten minutes in, she's like, wow, this is about my family. So I'm just playing dumb. Literally like, ha ha. That's what I'm writing back. Ha ha. <laughs> I'm just going to let her guide this conversation because I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And it's a funny story. And I know that the story was explicitly not made as mean as I tried to make. I mean, I was like, you should be mean or be mean. You and always try to make things mean. I know, me. you know, I just, that's how I was born this way. But Harrison's Amber. kind of a love bug. He it's is. It's a he, yin and yang situation. And he's got, you know, he's weirdly mature enough to know that like things will come and bite you in the ass. And I just live my life thinking is that it there's mature no or consequences. Because things have <laughs> taken several bites from that ass. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe it takes that to learn this lesson. So I am asking very um, sort of seemingly naively, is it funny? You know, it's written out of love. These are the sorts of things I'm sending. And I do get back, especially after the whole show. That was hilarious. It was great. Um, It was such a great description of what that was actually like, that workplace was like and what that time was like and like. That, and that's that's uh, a comment that he got from multiple people, that he did such a good job of putting people back in a time and a place, yeah. which means it was a, a successful story. And then here comes uh, the subjects of the story, one. And and then Harrison got bites out of his ass again. Yeah. And so, um, and it was the first time, so first time for me, this was the second time for him. It might have been the I third time. I want to say time. it's the third there, okay, so there was a, there was a, a woman from Gravit, and yes. then there was this Fayetteville 
Well, the woman from Gravit got in touch with another guy. So she he kind of had two confrontations from that one story. Two, yeah. That were uncomfortable. Um, so maybe that's why we're thinking there are three. But, well, and then when he was getting sort of yelled at about this most recent one, that person mentioned another person who'd been, he had told a story about, like, almost threateningly, like, well, that's coming down the pipeline, too. That's true. That's true. And I also I also remember that Sunshine once told a story where oh, there yeah. was an audience member who suddenly had a light bulb like, I know that person. So, yes, yeah. there's been several people. Harrison just happens to have the bulk of... Um, the aggression seems to come toward him. The aggression yeah. comes at Harrison, yes. Um, you know, I have positive and negative things to say about that. Right. But, but really... I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I'm really empathetic and sympathetic toward him because it's the first time literally. And since we've started talking about this, which is now three years where I'm like, maybe this town and even the area, because Sunshine was talking about somebody in Tulsa. I know. <laughs> maybe the area is too small for us to really. From, Think about what you're saying. You're saying Bentonville. From Fayetteville to Bentonville to Tulsa is too small of an area. I wish our reach was that big. I know. I Well, maybe I don't, you know. It seems crazy. It does seem crazy. I think the fear was put in me for the, real, for the first time, like real fear, where I was like, this, to be as honest, because you know me, the whole time I've been like, now you just tell it and like, you tell it and like, fuck it. There's right. no consequences. And I was like, there's going to be consequences and what are we going to do? It's it's just funny to me how like that for some reason, that one really uh, made me start thinking about stories that I had to tell this season and how like, I don't know if I really want to tell that. You know, it becomes a it becomes a question of are we talking about our, our vulnerability or someone else's vulnerability? This is true. And, that's very true. And I think. I don't know. Because the, you're, you're never being vulnerable alone. If you've got a really good story, it's because somebody else is in it with you. Yes. And either acting out against you or with you. Right. And yes. so. Or you're witnessing it. just Or you're witnessing it. Right. Totally. And so it's, yeah, in that sense, it's easy to be in a community that's too small. But well, does that mean you never get to tell your story? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, the thing is. That if because it's a slippery slope, you can always be like, well, that person knows that person or that happened, you know, because, yeah, we are going to always know people, even though the reach of the show may not be that big. Our own personal circles, probably not. We're not Benton County in Tulsa, but there's lots of people. And so I think that it can become to you know if you start to be like well i don't want anybody to know then then you're paralyzing yourself you're like Absolutely. i can't say anything about all the best stuff that happened um it's almost comforting though to me in a sense how small the world really is it's yeah. terrifying but it's also comforting that it's it's little it, these circles i bet these circles expand way beyond tulsa oh yeah if you look at the 10 of us that have performed 10 people, very only five of us probably from Fayetteville, 10 people, and you look at 10 circles kind of 
orbiting around each other, it goes a long way. Oh, yeah, totally. So, okay, so it makes me think about when we had a conversation. So we were on this other podcast that Peyton and Zach, our friends make called Hey, Hey, NWA. And they've been really gracious and kind and, and supportive of that's what she said and came to shows and think it's funny. And really, I mean, I'm kind of blown away at love them, how much they, you know, want to give us their support. And so, well, and, and full disclosure, we're old and they're young. Like, <laughs> right. In case, you could, if you, in case you've never seen us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, they're like in their early 20s and we're just older than that. And right. so, um, and uh, the reason I bring that up is because I just don't know if they've had that much time to like, you know, make the mistakes or have the ridiculous things. No, they're in the mistake making phase. Right. And I'm like, I'm almost jealous. I'm like, you guys are in prime phase to like just be doing crazy things. Right. But then so when we're having this conversation with them and they're talking about like, sort of like to me, what, so what's the deal with you? Like, why do you keep having all these bad things happen or weird things happen? (laughs) Why do you make so many mistakes? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, because I've thought about this a lot. When you start telling people uh, openly about really embarrassing things you've done or mistake, like literal, just mistakes you've made, I think that it's normal to think about whether or not you're making more than other people or whether or not you're just saying it. Ooh, that's an interesting point because I was just thinking to myself, you don't make more mistakes. I don't make more mistakes than other people. We're just more open about it. Yeah, we just talk about it. I right. think that this is true. And I've even gone through the phase where I'm like, am I just telling myself that to make myself feel better? And I'm like, no, I know all those people out there. I mean, we've even had people come tell us that they almost did exact same thing happened to them right, right after a story. But they would never no. get up and talk about it. So I'm sort of saying all this to bring us to this uh, sort of amazing quote that you told me Mm. earlier today. Yes. About because I think it's that's it's it's a very succinct and telling way to talk about the essence of what it is that we're doing here. Yeah. And it was um, a completely unrelated. um, I was just listening to a podcast, but, you know, I'm always listening. If I can't ever get my hands on this one guy, his Mm -hmm. name is Father Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan priest. I love him. Um, He was not talking about storytelling, but he just ended a podcast today with this. He said, you can't be in the presence of a truly vulnerable, honestly vulnerable person and not be affected. I think that's the way we are meant to be in the presence of one another. And I thought... That is what is so, like, what's the word, spellbinding about watching storytelling mm-hmm. is the vulnerability. Yeah. Because that's what you feel. That's what, you know, that kind of lightning spark between you and the audience is they're showing vulnerability and I feel it. Right. And, and that's were... where it lives, you know. Yeah, I think you're mm-hmm. right. I, mean, I think that's it. there's tension I mean, I think there's like tension and empathy and then ends up being support and or or it can go an opposite way. And some people, you know, can have a 
being turned off about it. Oh yeah, which we've experienced before too. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a exercise in sort of making you uncomfortable. Because if you're uncomfortable, if you're completely comfortable, then you're. I think you'll just sort of zone out. Like there has to be something that's yeah interesting enough to keep you on edge. Yeah. Well, I think also it's you know that's what makes it funny. That's what makes it scary. That's what makes it anything. Mm-hmm. And when we talk disgusting. to disgusting, <laughs> and that you know that's when we talk about uh, yeah. I mean Ben's story was very vulnerable. Like oh yeah, we say poop is gross, but what we mean is could you be more vulnerable than when you're taking a shit on a toilet? Yeah. I mean that is at your workplace at work that... with mean teenagers roaming the halls yeah. like you're on the. Fucking safari. And it's actually, it's so, this is, that that story is genius, I think, in a lot of ways, because it's about uh, how he's supposed to be an authority figure, and how he's also a human being, and like, how do you reconcile those two things in a place where, in order to go be a human being and take a shit, you have to sort, somehow, like, give up your authority for three minutes? It's really smart, if you think about it in some yeah. ways. It, but it's also, like gut laughs about poop yes it's just it's like my it's my favorite thing <laughs> i love that because it's high well, and low and everything in between. and yeah and he encaps he encapsulates so much yeah what teaching does to you what teaching is yeah i mean it's it's a brilliant story and i wanted to say also that when we talked to zach um and peyton about um feeling you know, feeling this vulnerability with the audience mm-hmm. and they, you know, them, them kind of wondering, like, why do you do it? Mm. I think that maybe part of it is age, um, but there's got to be another piece, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think draws you to it? Um, I don't know. I think that I've kind of always been this way. I mean, I... I whether or not there's a microphone in front of my face, I have a tendency to just say things that I don't think normal people or lots of other people would say. Like, I think it's because there's something about like just bearing it all that that gets rid of any pretense or like any judgment. It's like, well, you're going to judge me, then I'm going to give you everything. Here's right. everything. And like, yeah, I was I had to drive home that night because I had an acid flashback and I was 22. So, (laughs) you know, and just telling people, I don't know, there's something about telling it all that's somehow paradoxically empowering. Yeah. That I've found. I, that's, and I've been doing it since I was a kid or probably a teenager, finding some empowerment about owning your vulnerabilities or owning your embarrassment because then if you're making fun of yourself, you've taken the power away from somebody that can make fun of you. And also, you can also always be in a place where I'm like, I, you do it too. There's no way that you don't do this thing that I just talked about. Right. So you also can't judge me for it. You know, I think it, probably for me, it came from a defensive place really early on. I think that for me, I always liked to feel other people out because I wanted to know who... It was a way to find other people that I thought were funny. Mm -hmm. Because if they couldn't make fun of themselves, if they were stuck in like secrets and pretenses and boring, so boring, things like that, then I can't be around it. Yeah. So boring. So I needed to find people that, for whatever reason, had to 
you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, put all that out. Well, that's good. I mean, so th- through that exercise, you basically sort of collected a group of people who liked to tell these things. Yes, from for a long time. Yeah. Yes, and so we've been cracking each other up, mm-hmm. and probably feeling more comfortable telling these kind of stories because everybody else is doing it. I yes. mean, I think that that's that's a that's sort of an incubator of what's <laughs> happening now. The thing that's amazing is that then people come out of the blue and will do it too. Like here comes Ben and here comes Megan Wedgworth and, you know, the people that are coming up and like Alan, the new yeah, Alan Simmons, just out of the blue. There is a lot. I'm amazed if anybody can write well and then get up and perform well. Yes. That's incredible. And I do think that you're right that there's a difference between talking about other people's vulnerabilities and your own. And that's sort of the line that can be the hardest to cross. Oh, that can be a real derail. Yeah, totally. I always know there's a moment in a story where I have a hard time. I first will have a hard time writing it, and then I will have a hard time even saying it. Uh-huh. And then I'll get on stage and, and then some of <laughs> And I'll, I'll have to like... like Put your mouth into the microphone, Amber. I don't want to because I don't want to talk about my Dolly Parton titties (laughs) or whatever. Because God damn it, those kids, you know, Uh picking something about me that makes me feel vulnerable. And then me telling. Yeah. You know, but at least if I've already told you, you can't. Oh, surprise. You can't come at me with it. You're owning it. I mean, there's and you have the power to describe it the way that you want to describe it. Right. Which I find um, reassuring. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine Yeah, but I, I've always, always I don't know who taught this to me Some adult when I was young That secrets are very powerful mm. And if you tell secrets Then they don't have any power anymore True. And I, I, for some reason, at a very young age, I latched onto that. So yeah. don't tell me any secrets <laughs> because <laughs> me I will encourage you to tell everyone. Well, God. And like, yeah, I mean, like if it's so good, if it's funny enough, if the story's good enough, I, I, I really at a certain point, the pain of the person or the uncomfortableness of the person becomes so secondary to me. I'm like. This is too good to not make into something. Right. You're wasting gold. Like, this is art. Then I become a weird art person. I'm like, this is art. I'm an art and you person. need to sacrifice yourself for the <laughs> art of the thing. And don't let your personal life get in the way of how good the story is, you know? So, um, yeah, my sympathy level goes like way down because I'm like, yeah, but it's so good. Oh, like, God. I know your dad just died, but you have to tell the story yeah, about your I was, dad. I was thinking about that too. That I have, I have, if there's a laugh on the line, I can't. I cannot have any sympathy for I'm, you. I'm you with you. You have to make them laugh. Yes. Yes. And generally, the people that are that that have come to be in the show are willing, if they can, yeah, to do whatever they have to do to make the crowd laugh. Yeah, it's true. It's just that's yeah. It's been pretty incredible that way. Because that's a good feeling, and it's a good way to say. Something that is very vulnerable, but if they're laughing, because that audience too, and we've talked about this several times too, that audience is laughing with you. Right. There's not ever, I've never seen a moment where someone gets laughed at. 
No. You know, and so, and I think that we work really hard as a group to get the stories written in a way that you're creating a mutual experience of vulnerability and laughter. And it's a great combination. It's combustible and it's, you can feel it in the room. Yeah, absolutely. And it's incredible. It is. And I wonder too, if we didn't go through the emotional experiences that we had to go through to write it and to get it there, if it, if it wouldn't be there in the performance, you know what I mean? Like you're somehow building that in because you actually are going through it writing it yeah. and working it out and having people tell you that that part sucks and you need to work on it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then when you act, you get up, it has all that emotion behind it because it's almost living at that point. I'll use the last example or the last story that I wrote as an example because the first one that I, the first version of that that I brought in. Oh, yeah. They were like, were you, th- were you there? No, but even but the second one. Even the second version like, You were like, like, I hate this. Yeah, and they were, they said, because yeah. it was Harrison, Megan, Coy was there. Uh, anyway, everyone was like, that, that is the worst. Oh, no. Take that home. <laughs> so Don't read it to us again. It's such a bummer. Burn it. Because it was about this guy who I loved. He was my boss. I also hated him. He drank himself to death. And you can't make that funny. No. And I was clinging to all these memories about him that were very funny. Right. But you can't. You can't. You cannot make that funny. Yeah. And I just wouldn't let it go. And they had to, like, you're... You're not the person. You're not the writer that you think you are. You're not the person that you think you well, are. Like you I can't mean, make this funny. We're not Doug Stanhope. Like there no. is like there are people that live in sort of a black place, and that's just where they are. And that no, that's not us. No, it's at not. All. And I don't want it to be. No, I don't even think that. I mean, I could. I can't even think of an individual storyteller that could kind of put on that persona. We're just not. It's much more life affirming than it is. Right. Black. Um, which is interesting because we're working on these stripper stories and stripper stories have a tendency to go downhill. Yes. Fast, you know, so I'm interested to see this, how this process goes. Cause we know, you know, you and I, and I think everybody else is really aware of like, you got to keep it up. It's a dark place. Keep it up. Yes. Yeah. Nobody wants to be, you know, no bummed out right. over Crystal not going to Juco. Right. No. <laughs> it's just not and yeah and, and you for. have it's one of those things you have to be you have to be respectful yeah. you have to be aware and then but you have to also acknowledge that that doesn't mean you don't get to talk about it oh the shit that you saw yeah i mean oh my god i mean we all went we all you know yeah 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 and and that someone that was in the profession is telling a story yeah which oh, is so good i need to hear it i know so okay all right so we're just going to continue to be brave. Is that what you're telling me? Just yes. be brave. Vulnerable and brave. Okay. Hard to do. Yeah. But we're going to do it. And yeah. we're going to bring more people in to do it. We've got two new readers. Yeah. If we're if we're having people that are mad at us, then truly the reward is that we get to have people that come to us yes. with their good writing and telling totally. and performing and vulnerability. Yeah. So No, no, no. I think I mean I think that like the it, it truth like if you're doing it truthfully vulnerably then like the emotions are are going to be strong no matter how they go out right so yeah if we if there's like ooh, there's still gonna there's will also be like 
oh my god this is amazing i want to be a part of this yeah or i want to, at the very least i want to keep going but yeah i think people will come we've lucked out amazingly so far so far we've been yes I'm excited about the upcoming one okay we're gonna have a podcast before then so we'll remind you of this information but november 10th which is a friday night sunrise stage we're talking about strippers and uh make sure that you subscribe to this podcast um at twshesaid.com because we're going to have a new one coming out uh end of october early november and we'll give you more previews of the show ahead Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Lee. Okay. You gotta do it till you do it till you better get to it. All of your family had to kill to survive. And this is waiting for their big day to arrive. But if they do what I feel, they better be alive. Welcome to the working week. Oh, I know it don't kill you. I hope it don't kill you. Welcome to the working week. You gotta do it till you do it till you better get All right, I know some of you have been waiting to the very end. Twister, 1996. Some would call a masterpiece film. Bill Paxton, his co-star, Helen Hunt. Thank you.